finally I see him and he has stopped, uh, just kind of turned into some acorns and he's, you know, stopping to eat a few. And so I'm like, this is perfect. Just stay right there. And, uh, so I get my rifle set up on this different boulder. I just settle in to where, okay, I can, I've got a sight picture through the scope. I'm on the lowest magnification and I've got him eating acorns in my crosshairs. Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hunting Stories podcast. Today I have the story of uh, what is to date the closest encounter I've had with a bear during bear season. Uh, man, just needed a few more seconds, but we'll get to that later. Uh, this basically encompasses all of early bears, early fall bear here in Arizona. So if you're not from Arizona, not familiar with the rigs, never hunted bears, um, it kind of just, uh, all the units are on this chart and they open, uh, for early bear, they open somewhere in August. Some units open early, early August, some open like mid August. Uh, and then they're open for a couple weeks until the sow quota is met and then they shut down. And then as long as there's still, uh, a few sows left on the annual sow quota, they open back up in October. So for this early August uh, hunt, I, I sort of teamed up with my buddy Josh Kirchner from Dialed In Hunter. He's been on the podcast a couple times. If you don't already, you should go give him a follow. Check out his site. He is an awesome dude, extremely knowledgeable hunter, very successful bear hunter. So I was beyond pumped to be teamed up with him. But uh, our, our season begins uh, all the way back. This might have been late July as we were trying to prepare for the early, early bear season. Uh, and there was this spot he had picked out that he had kind of been keeping an eye on but had never actually been into and, and wanted to do a backcountry bear hunt, which in Arizona in early August is a very risky <laughs> maneuver, but it was just kind of a new challenge we wanted to try. So we went one morning to try to take just a quick scouting trip. And it was supposed to be uh, park at the trailhead three miles in, and it's a couple thousand feet elevation gain. So it wasn't going to be an easy hike, but fairly short. And then just confirm some glassing points, a spot for camp, uh, confirm that there's water back there, the biggest thing in Arizona in August, and then hike back out. So six, maybe a seven mile day turned into an absolute death hike. Um, by, by the time we got to what should have been three miles, it was closer to four. And then as we like checked on a couple glassing spots and sort of picked apart the country and tried to sort of make a plan for where would be some good strategic spots to be. Uh, then it was, we had put in, you know, closer to five miles and then we still needed to go down. There were kind of a few springs marked on the map. We just wanted to confirm that they were there and they had water, uh, cause there's no way we wanted to haul a weekend's worth of water on our backs, um, along with camp and everything else. And so we go down and, and it becomes this nasty thorn ridden jungle for some unknown reason. I, I think I was just thinking of the potential heat. I decided to rock a t-shirt that day instead of my usual like long sleeve merino stuff. And man, my arms were have just stopped being torn up from that. It like I got eaten alive. And we confirmed that there was no water actually down there where they were supposed to be. 
And at that point, uh, as we were down by where there was no water and we were debating, should we press on? Should we check what's, you know, the next spring on the map um, or just get ourselves out of there is when I finally like dropped my pack, checked my water bladder and realized I was just about out of water. So I had burned through, through, I had almost four liters with me and I had burned through just about all of it. And now there was no water and we had at least four miles back to the trailhead Long story short, it was hot, it was miserable, uh, my muscles were starting to cramp, which is what always happens to me when I get dehydrated, which happens regularly. I'm still figuring out how not to do that. And uh, eventually we were kind of finally coming down off the vertical part, making our way back to the trailhead, and we, we deviated to where this creek that is dry runs through and found this one stagnant, nasty pool that was just like full of tadpoles and gross. It's by far the grossest thing I've ever thought about drinking water from. But I had my little Sawyer squeeze filter with me and just thought, that, um, why not test it? Let's just see how good this filter really is. And so I filtered a couple bags worth into my bladder. Uh, it tasted a little different than any water I've ever had before, but was perfectly safe. Like never had any digestive issues, just went on about my day. And it probably saved my life because that was, I was pretty far dehydrated at that point. We still had another three plus miles in the heat to get back to the truck. So we ruled that spot out. We were like, forget that. We're not going there. Let's go to a different place, which is a shorter hike, um, but still opening early. And we can just haul in the water that we need for what ended up being a quick overnight trip. Like the season opens Friday. So we hiked in Thursday afternoon, stay the night, uh, hunt all of Friday, and then come back out in the dark that night or sooner should a bear be shot. That trip we arrived for, Super pumped. It is 101 degrees at the trailhead, and it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So the absolute worst time to try to climb over 1,000 feet up a mountain. Uh, and we're hauling in, like we have everything loaded up in our packs, and we're just physically carrying water. Uh, it's not sexy. It uh, it looks kind of weird. But honestly, it it's sort of breaks, it keeps a little bit of the weight off your hips and your shoulders, I find, anyway. Like I've... I've loaded up big extra bladders in the meat shelf of my pack to try to haul. And it, at least for me, I'd rather have an extra eight pounds in my hand that I have to deal with than an extra eight pounds on my pack uh, when I've got camp and a rifle and all of that. So we, we start hiking up the trail. We, we round the corner of the very first switchback and the strap that is on my jug of water snaps. The jug falls and lands at just the perfect angle on a rock that I punch a hole in the bottom of my jug of water. Uh, so I scramble, I pick it up, I, I hold, if I hold the jug upside down, it pretty, like there's some sloshing where it spills, but I can contain the water and keep from losing all of it. And so I cradle like a baby, my precious leaky water jug, the whole rest of the way up this mountain until we get to camp. And the rest of the weekend, well, until it was gone, I'm just trying to like, keep it upright, which is technically upside down, and keep it from losing all of it so that I can survive. And uh, we, we had a great hunt. We, we got in a full, an evening, a morning, and another evening. Uh, the middle of the day is so hot. We just ended up back at camp and sort of unplanned, took a nap under this big juniper tree because just the heat saps the energy out of you like nothing else. And it was killer bear country. Like it looked, the food was there. It looked great, but there was zero water. Like the, the pools of water that it looks like there are on satellite imagery were all dried up. 
So the bears, obviously requiring water, had moseyed out of that spot. Uh, so good, fun weekend, hanging with a buddy, seeing some country, um, testing ourselves in the heat. But we hiked out in the dark, uh, drove back home, and just decided we were going to wait till the the later early season, which only makes sense if you actually keep track of the bear hunting calendar around here. Uh, but opening weekend, totally different part of the state of the slightly later August bear season, we were going up uh, as a group. And so Josh, my buddy, has this sort of tradition that's been going on for years with his brother and a couple other old friends that they all, like, wherever they are in life, whatever they're doing with hunting, they converge on this early bear camp in this one spot. Uh, and they were gracious enough to invite me in. So I was, I was humbled and honored to be there. And uh, I, I managed to somehow get there first. So they were kind of all trickling in over the course of like early morning Friday before it opens. Or I think somebody showed up Saturday, like just whenever they could. But somehow I got out of work earlier than expected, got up there, claimed a camp spot. And while everybody else was still sort of on their way, I just decided well, I'm going to just hike out of here and, and do some glassing for the evening just to, you know, if I can locate a bear Thursday night, I'll just be back in that same spot Friday morning. And in theory, he'll be around. And sure enough, as I was out there, I saw a fleeting glimpse of this beautiful color phase bear. Like I, I was just kind of freehanding the glass and I'm, I'm looking down in this, this canyon area. And just as I'm like seeing this, because mentally I'm, I know that bears around here come in all sorts of colors, but at least I think a lot of people, at least me, I'm just like mentally looking for big black blobs of, of, you know, dark black bear. And so as I see this thing and I'm confirming like, is that moving? Yeah, that that's moving. And the, the legs are dark and the body's light. And, but it like, you know, those few seconds of like, what is that? And just as it's hitting me like that, that's a bear. I hear something in the bushes right behind me. And so I can't, like, instinctively, I can't help, but I turn and look. There's nothing there, of course. And as soon as I turn back into the glass, right on that same spot, the, the bear is gone. But I was like, this is how it's supposed to work. You Like, this is textbook. You show up the night before the hunt, you glass up a bear, you go back opening morning, you shoot that same bear. It's going to be, it's going to be cooker cut, cookie cutter. It's going to be storybook. And sure enough, next morning, no bear. Um... But we spent, uh, Josh and I, and then, you know, a couple others, we spent that whole weekend, Friday all the way through Sunday, uh, morning for hours and hours, like well into the time where you're like, it is so hot, even I don't want to be out here and I don't have a fur coat on, surely the bears aren't doing anything. Uh, we would, you know, rest at camp for a little bit and then go back pretty early in the afternoon to just watch all the way up until last light. Uh, so we put in the time, we put in the hours, and it was just a long slog, a long three days without any, well, I should take that back, with my bear sighting on Thursday, Saturday evening, Josh and I are riding out a thunderstorm. Like, we've gotten to our glassing spot, we, we pretty much just got set up, and we're just starting to glass, and suddenly this thunderstorm rolls in, and so we hightail it under this juniper tree that's there, and we're covering all the camera gear and stuff with with raincoats and just trying to keep it all alive. And we're sitting under that tree and Josh just says, that's a bear and like throws up his glass and clear across the canyon up on the high side, which is not where you would expect them. He sees this bear that's just like trucking from uh, where he was eating back into some cover. And unfortunately he disappeared before, uh, I mean, either of us would have 
it would have been his shot, but not opposed to laying out there in the rain and, and taking a shot, but Bear disappeared. As the storm passed, he we just kept staring in that area. And, you know, you would glass kind of through some other spots and just always come back to that general area. You saw the bear, never turned him up again. Um, what helped make us feel a little better is, is Josh had a couple other friends in the, the general area of where we were who are also accomplished bear hunters, like guys who know what they're doing. And everyone was having a hard time. <laughs> like no one was seeing bears. Uh, I don't know, the heat, the, the dryness, um, the acorns were okay, but not stupendous so who knows a whole bunch of factors just making it a tough hunt anyway sunday night arrived i stayed through the evening hunt we hiked out in the dark and then i had to get back because i had work the next morning so we i pack up and i leave josh there because he's got one more day he's just going to stay there at this point the whole camp has dispersed josh is just going to stay there solo and hunt monday and uh sure enough monday i go to work still thinking about bears and um, i'm sitting down to dinner and my phone rings and it's josh and i think oh my gosh he's I know what this is. Like, he's got a bear. He probably needs help packing it out. And uh, I answer the phone, and it's this very out-of-breath Josh. And all he says is, like, bear down. And sure enough, he had, I mean, he had just stuck it out. And I think he sat all day. I don't know if he ever went back to camp to rest. I think he just sat out there, maybe found some shade midday. But early evening, uh, this bear steps out, and uh, he's able to just sling up his rifle and make a perfect shot and drop the thing. Um, he actually already had another buddy who lived much closer to the area who was coming to help him. So I didn't get, I didn't go help him with the pack out, but saw pictures, just a beautiful, big, mature sow that he, he harvested out of there. And I, I was super happy for him. Just so pumped, wished I could have like stuck it out another day just to be part of that, to watch him do his thing and be successful there. And so after that, I was fully mentally prepared that, okay, this early bear season is over. Like the, the area we were hunting in, the unit in particular, usually gets hammered pretty hard for bears. And it almost, almost always closes down after that first weekend, sometimes for the year. And so as the week is progressing, I'm just sort of watching the, the quota, checking the website, calling in, all the stuff you're supposed to do. And, and somehow we, we get towards the back half of the week and that unit is still open for bear. And so I had planned, uh, because I have the most understanding wife in the world, that I couldn't be away from work another weekend, but I could do the old, like, leave from work on Thursday, uh, head straight up to camp, hunt Thursday evening, maybe, if I can get there in time, hunt all of Friday, hunt Saturday morning, and then be back uh, in time for Saturday evening work responsibilities. And uh, so I was planning to do that. Uh, to head back to the same area and just chase deer with my bow because those seasons coincide. And as I suddenly realized, oh my gosh, bear is still open, uh, decided to throw the rifle in the truck as well and maybe maybe do a bit of both. Uh, and this was going to be a solo trip. I didn't. Uh, all the other guys were off doing other things, and I personally love solo hunting. So as much of a blast as I had with Josh and all the guys that weekend prior. I was pretty pumped to have even a short weekend, just just me in the wilderness. And so I drove up there Thursday. I, I just missed the window, and there was a thunderstorm rolling in that kept me from being able to hunt that Thursday night. But got camp set up and made dinner and just kind of prepared for for what was coming. And I, because I had like sort of shifted gears to deer, uh, I just decided for whatever reason, like I'm going to hunt deer in the morning, rest at camp a little bit, and then hunt bear in the evening. Seemed like a good idea. 
So that first morning I wake up and I take my bow to a different spot and I'm just glassing for deer and I spend all morning out there and all I glass up is three cow elk. So cool. Always good to see wildlife in the wild. Um, but nothing much happening for deer hunting. So I went back to camp, tried to take a nap, but I was just like, especially since, uh, my buddy had just harvested a bear and I was really, I was going to go sit just kind of right where he was, uh, honestly, almost like I couldn't see, but was just sort of around the bend from the carcass of his bear. Um, and just thought this, why not? This is also an area where a buddy of his saw a bear, um, and shot a bear, but didn't recover it. So we weren't sure the details, a bad shot, but it, there wasn't much blood at all. Um, so who knows, but th this spot kind of a little further away from where we were hunting most of the weekend prior, I'm just going to sit there. There's been bear activity. And so I'm just laying there so excited that I finally decided like, this is dumb. I'm just going to get there. So I got there super early, like two o'clock in the afternoon early on an August day where it was pretty sunny and at least 90 degrees not a high likelihood of, of bear activity, but I, I post up and, and this time I hadn't done this all the weekend prior and I should have, I'm going to do it from now on. But, uh, like most guys who have been through hunter safety, I walk around and my, my rifle is attached to my pack and I've got the, the three bullets in the, the magazine. Um, and you know, nothing in the chamber. It's the safe, safe way to walk around. And what I would typically do is I would just get to the glassing point, dump all my gear, set up in glass, I'd have my, I would detach my rifle from the bow, but I wouldn't like lock and load. I wouldn't get it ready. And this re this time I was, I don't know if I was just so expectant to see a bear that I'm like, no, I'm going to be as ready as I can. So I had kind of this boulder that I thought this will be my shooting spot and my pack is laid up and I've got one jacked into the chamber and the safety's on, but I, you know, all I have to do is set up in a shooting position, flip the safety off and let her rip. And so I'm, I'm just sitting there and trying to hide in the shade during the hottest part of the day and, and glassing and then looking with my naked eye and uh, especially for bear and probably for most animals, just because my eyes get tired behind the glass. I'll kind of do a whole grid of the area and then I'll stop and I'll just kind of scan with my with my naked eye for a little bit. You know, bears especially just kind of pop out from the scenery that they're in typically and then go back to glassing. And so I'm doing this back and forth thing. And it's finally getting to like 4.35 o'clock. The bottom of the canyon I'm sitting on is, is finally starting to get some shade. And I'm just sort of sitting there kind of scanning the hillside and suddenly I pick up some movement and in the bottom of this canyon is this bear. He is beautiful, he's mostly black, he's got kind of these inflections of red in him and he is cruising. Like he is just trucking along the bottom of this canyon. And so I just, I say out loud, holy crap, that's a bear. And uh, to no one, because it's just me, I had my camera all set up, like my main camera just pointed down into the, towards the bottom of the canyon. And then I have the little GoPro next to me on this little tripod. And so because I can't help myself and I'm trying to film everything as well, like I just hit record and point the camera in the general direction of the bear. I don't even check to see if he's in the viewfinder. And then I like prop the GoPro up right next to where I'm going to shoot and hit record. And then I just instantly like jump up, jump down to my shooting position, like sling up the rifle. And this is when I realized that all I had done is eyeball the spot. Like, yeah, that looks like a good place. I can kind of crouch down behind this rock, set it up. It's going to be great. And as I jump into that spot for the very first time, I realize, oh, I should have uh, pre-done this. Like when I arrived here, I should have gotten into shooting position to make sure it would work. Because suddenly I'm like trying to figure out like, okay, what, 
crap, what do I do with my right leg? Am I on my knee? Do I sling the leg out? What, oh, there's a sharp rock there. That hurts. Like lose a few seconds trying to get into a position. Finally, like get my, get my head rested on the stock and, and looking through the scope just in time to see that bear cruising. And he cruises behind the one tree that I have in my way. Like I'm on this bluffed out bouldery part at the edge of this canyon and there's one little pine tree growing up that blocks this one little area of canyon and he has just gone behind it. So after all that effort to get set up, I have to relocate. So I grab the rifle, get, grab the GoPro, jump up, like boulder hop like a mountain goat. It was not safe, but I was running on pure adrenaline at this point. Uh, hop over around to the other side of this tree, find a different boulder. And I'm, I'm just kind of scanning with my bear, you know, naked eye. Finally, I see him and he has stopped, uh, just kind of turned into some acorns and he's, you know, stopping to eat a few. And so I'm like, this is perfect. Just stay right there. And uh, so I get my rifle set up on this different boulder. I just settle in to where, okay, I can, I've got a sight picture through the scope. I'm on the lowest magnification and I've got him eating acorns in my crosshairs. And I know because I've pre-ranged everything that uh, this is about, he's, he's in the ballpark of 200. My rifle's zeroed at 200. Uh, so I just know, like, give or take a few yards. This is a put the crosshairs where they need to go and let her rip. And just as I settle into that, and I'm debating in my head for a brief second, okay, should I crank the magnification just to really be precise? Or should I just flip off the safety and let her go at a shot this relatively close? He decides to start moving again. Like he stopped for, <laughs> to eat, I don't know, four acorns and then started trucking. And he just kept moving up and, and he moved back into this thicker, nastier, I saw him just like kind of disappear behind this tree and into this scrubby stuff where I just couldn't make him out anymore. I just knew I, where I had last seen him and I didn't have a good angle from that spot. So I, again, hop up, grab my rifle grab the GoPro, and I boulder hop again down to a third shooting vantage point where I think, okay, from this spot, I'll have a different angle, uh, hopefully a better angle. I'll be able to pick him up when he reemerges from this stuff. And I just sat there staring through my scope, uh, just kind of scanning. Then I would pop my head up, look with my naked eye, try to see, okay, did he, did he slip off? Is he back out in the open? Is he further down? I am scanning everywhere that he, every direction he could have gone from the last place I saw him and I never saw him reappear. I, I don't know where he went. I don't know how he, at the rate he was moving from the time I saw him till the time he disappeared, he was probably already, I don't know, a half mile down the canyon. This, this bear was cruising and I, I never saw him again. And so I was, you know, finally sat down, caught my breath, uh, tried to like figure out oh, what just happened. Um, I texted my wife, I texted my buddy, Josh, uh, he fired back cause he's a great bear hunter. It's like, dude, that, that bear's gotta be around there. If you got a predator call, like blow on that for a while, maybe we'll get him to come back out. I thought, why not? What do I have to lose? I'm all alone here in the wilderness. Why not try to call a bear into me? Um, I blew on that for a little while and never saw, never saw him, never saw another bear. Nothing came out. Uh, and the rest of the evening, uh, nothing reappeared. So I went back to camp. Uh, I, part of me, the pessimist in me, wanted to be frustrated. Like, man, I, I just needed a few. If he had just stopped, if he had stayed there to eat three more acorns, I could have gotten a shot. Um, but after three years of bear hunting 
where uh, I've talked about my bear curse before, where something always goes wrong. Uh, having the only bears up until this bear that I had seen in the wild, uh, well, other than this hunt, like in the previous years, the only bears I had seen have been out scouting for other things when it's not bear season. I don't have a tag in my pocket. Like I just run into like, oh, there's a bear running away. Cool. This is the first actual close encounter. It is open season. I have a tag. There is a bear in my crosshairs. That is progress. And I just, every time for probably a week after that hunt, every time I close my eyes, I, I would see that image of my reticle and the crosshairs on the back of that bear. And it just, I thinking about it right now, I, I am transported back there and I'm so excited. So anyway, went back to camp, made dinner. And, and this is a weird aside part of the story. And I don't, I don't even know what to make of this. I'm still not exactly sure how this happened. Um, but the camping spot I took was just off this dirt road. And it's a pretty big spot. Like a, a couple of trailers could easily set up and camp right here. And I, I wasn't trying to hog the best camping spots. It was just the first one I came to that was open, that was fairly close to where I wanted to park to hunt bears. And so it's just my truck and my little two-person tent uh, taking up all of this camping real estate. And so as I'm cooking dinner, these, uh, these two trucks pull in because this campsite is adjacent to what I assume used to be an accessible like two-track off-road road. But now there's some signs in front of it saying it's closed down. So these guys pulled up, clearly expecting to drive down the road and realized they couldn't and just turned around, you know, waved to me and, and they took off. 30 seconds after that, two more trucks pull in. And I just, because it was so close, I assume, oh, okay, it's part of that party. They're just going to turn around. They're going to leave. I'm making dinner and, and I decided to like try this new kind of omelet in a bag dinner, uh, which d was not a good idea inside of a jet boil. Uh, so I'm, I'm fighting with that and I can't really deal with what's going on. But suddenly I realize like, oh, these people are getting out of their truck. And then I see some headlamps like running behind a tree and just something what they said. I'm like, okay, well, you know, a couple of people in their party had to pee. So they're over there doing that. No big deal. And I'm still making dinner and fighting with it. And I start to think like, I'm hearing like the sound of camp setting up. Like something's going on and I'm looking over at these people and I can see like it's dark, but I can see their headlamps moving around and it looks like they're setting up a table and a camp kitchen and I, like they're 30 yards from me in my tent. And I'm like, what in the, like, are they going to stay here tonight? Are they, are they moving into my campsite? Like what in the world is this? And I'm still making like by the time I finished making dinner where I could leave my jet boil and figure out what's going on, like they are fully like they're already cooking. I'm like, I, what, what do I do with this? Like, who does that? Who, who just like moves into a camp spot? And I, at first I thought like, maybe they didn't see me though. I had made a concerted effort. My headlamp was on. And so I kept looking back their way, pointing my headlamp at them. Like surely they're going to know. Uh, once I was done cooking, I, I just kind of like made a point to get a couple things out of my truck, slammed the door loudly. Like, Hey, somebody's here. I don't really want to have a confrontation with you, but what's going on? They never acknowledged my presence at all. They just like set up camp, fired up some country music on a loudspeaker. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, what I'm, I'm here solo. I don't want to deal with this. I am just dog tired. And so I decided like, I, I toyed with the idea. Should I, I was going to pack up camp early the next morning, like before I left for hunting, just so that I could hunt as much as, as late as possible. And then just 
hightail it back to the truck, hop in and drive home. Um, and I thought like, man, should I pack it up tonight? Just go sleep in my truck by where I was parking for, for hunting. Ultimately decided like, I'm just so tired. I don't even care. I'm just going to crawl into my tent and hope that they're not weirdos or serial killers. Uh, but I, I fell asleep in a few minutes at 2 AM. One of their trucks left. The other one was still there when I woke up. I have no idea what their deal was. It was two young guys, two young girls, Godspeed to them. But we shared a campsite. Uh, evidently, that's a thing that happens now uh, because we live in total anarchy and there is no more decorum. Anyway, next morning, I went back to that exact same spot. Like that bear was there. Maybe he's going to come back and I'll see him. And I waited it out as late as I possibly could. And the bear never reappeared. So uh, I left that weekend. Uh, the follow-up to that story is I, I finally got back. I pulled the, the card from my camera where when I first saw that bear walking across, I just hit record and pointed it in the general direction. And sure enough, by the grace of God, I had this little clip of footage of that bear cruising across the river bottom at the very bottom of the frame. Um, and then he kind of disappeared out of the shot. And so I, I sent that footage over to my buddy like, hey, I, I got him on camera. Here's the bear I saw. And he immediately fired back a text. He said, is that bear limping? And I wrote back, like, I, I kind of thought so, but I haven't looked at enough bears in the wild to be sure. I didn't know if he just, it's sort of like a gallopy run sort of thing. He's like, dude, that bear is limping. That has got to be the bear that my buddy shot and didn't recover earlier the, the weekend prior. Because I was, I was sitting in a very similar spot to where his friend was. Uh, the coloration was right. This bear certainly looks like, I mean, he's moving pretty good. He's going to be fine, but certainly looks like he's got, you know, a leg is hurting him. Um, so uh, oddly enough, it would, it would seem all signs point to my closest first real chance at a bear was oddly enough, this, this bear that, that, uh, a friend of a friend, uh, hit and, and couldn't catch up to obviously, cause he was fine and still running around just the weekend before. So small world, weird stuff. Uh, and of course, after that weekend, the, the unit did close down, but uh, it is going to reopen again in October. And so I am heading to Colorado to chase elk with my bow in uh, just a little over a week, come back from that, got a little downtime, and then I'm going to be back up there opening morning of October, probably sitting in that same spot. Uh, unless I can scout out and glass up some bears in a different spot. Um, but man, I, I feel like I'm closing in on them. So hopefully the next bear episode that shows up on this podcast is uh, the story of my first successful bear harvest. Because I am, the curse is lifting. I can feel it. Nothing went wrong on this last, the two hunts, back-to-back -back weekends. Nothing catastrophic happened. Um, and it's, it's, I'm getting closer. So zeroing in on them. It's going to happen. I will keep you guys posted. And of course, hopefully there's a, a great story coming very soon about my exploits in Colorado in the next uh, couple of weeks. So thank you as always for listening. I have talked for too long about this sort of four-part story of, of my bear hunt. But uh, guys, if you, uh, if you have great stories that you want to share, uh, reach out to me. Uh, Instagram is at late to the game outdoors you can email me through the website late to the game outdoors.com um 
I'm on Facebook technically, and hopefully I'll see your message. Like wherever you're at, find me, uh, send me the nuts and bolts of the story, and I I would love to set something up. I want to capture stories from from all over, not just my stories, not just Arizona Southwest kind of stories. Like hunting, there's a big world of hunting out there, so let's let's capture those stories. Thank you guys. Uh, I'll be back with you uh, real soon, and talk to you later. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.